Okay. Like, we are here with uh, Dustin Jackson uh, today of uh, Revit Up Racing uh, Show for the fifth episode. Revit Up Racing uh, Show is brought to you by Luca Mariano Distillery. Uh, you can find Luca Mariano Distillery at lucamarianodistillery.com. How are you today, Dustin? I'm great. How about yourself? Good, good, good. You're coming off a weekend that you had a quite busy weekend uh, with um, your your layered on on a Friday night, the 26th. Second in qualifying, one and fourth in the heats, and then a feature win, and then in your late modified, first in qualifying, two two heat wins, second in the feature, and then that Kinross yesterday wasn't as good, but good lap of 14.450 in an eighth finish. Can you talk a little bit about the weekend? Yeah, it's been, uh, it was definitely a busy one. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing it, though. Um, yeah, Friday night we went into Laird, and uh, we were racing both cars, and everything was working real good. Team was good, and uh, I couldn't be more happy with how the cars performed and how the crew was reacting to what I had to give them for feedback. Um, and, yeah, we just had a very successful night there. It was awesome. And uh, Ken Ross on Saturday – We've been we've been working every week. To, every week that we go there, we've been focused on the Hot Shoe 100, and we've been throwing swings at our car left, right, and center. Everything we can do to shoot for tenths all the time, and just get a little bit faster because we know how tough the competition is going to be when uh, it comes Hot Shoe time. And that's totally the hot shoes coming up at, at Ken Ross. Um, for some people who don't know, most people watching will will know who you are, but. You've been racing for uh, for nine years now, or I guess ten years since you've been ten years old. But can you tell us first before we get into the hot shoe and everything else? Talk a little bit about what your most exciting race has been so far, and is there another one that the excite it might be a different exciting wing compared to the exciting race? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, some of my most exciting races are actually great in my hometown, just being in front of my f family and friends. Uh, especially when it's a packed house. That's definitely the most, one of the most exciting moments. But I'd say when my dad takes me down to some of the biggest tracks that I've ever been on, like Pensacola, Florida, uh, Five Flag Speedway, and uh, like Jucasa last year. Wow, like those are amazing experiences. And uh, I definitely, definitely have a blast there. But my most, my most exciting win would have been uh, the 75 lap invitational at Whittemore the week after the hot shoe in 2017, that was definitely my most, that's the best I felt after a win because I know it was definitely deserved. And uh, we were very happy with that. And, and, and talking about that is we were going to get into the hot shoe a little bit more, or, but because of you bringing it up, like I say the Whittemore was after the 2017, you, you finished 27th, 24 get to go. So you were about 17 at the time, probably quite, like say hard on you on yourself because you just just missed that 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 a main but can you talk a little bit about not being able to qualify for the a main but go to next week go back to Whittemore about three hours down and get the feature win yeah well um that year was was pretty interesting actually we had a we had a very good car that year and uh I think I might even have a better better car this year who knows but uh that year was awesome. We had a successful year. We won features in Onaway and at Kinross, and I really thought I had a good chance of making it that year. Um, we, we went down the week before the hot shoe that year, and we qualified two tenths faster than we did at the hot shoe, but they uh, they nailed us with a 40-pound 40, 40 uh, 
40 pounds we had or 50 pounds i believe was to add to our car and they had to choose where they wanted to put it because our cross member was uh altered or was rewelded after it was broken before and that was just a, a ding on us that we weren't expecting and it definitely upset the car a little bit and sure enough in in qualifying we were just that much out and uh i was definitely upset it was it was stressful on all of us because it's such a big race and we thought we had a car to to get in the show but uh that's why we, you know what, we went on there. We went right back to that track a week later and we got rid of that 50 pounds that we didn't need to be out of it to begin with. And it was awesome. I mean, uh, we had some of the, the best of the best there as well, like Travis Eddy and the boys and Josh Ware, I believe. I don't know if he was there for that one, but uh, there was a good solid field. A lot of the guys that were at the hot shoe and ran and made the hot shoe were there. And it, that was one of my one of my biggest wins anyways, for sure. Now was going back. You're going back to you went to race the same guys you're racing, but was it a little bit for yourself, a little bit of redemption, just to prove to yourself that you know you could do it. Yeah, basically that's exactly what it was. My dad needed it. I needed it. <laughs> uh, Butch Wilson at the time he needed it. We all did. Like it was, it was stressful, very stressful on us, and we wanted to go back there with some redemption for sure. And you had mentioned Butch. You, you ran for Butch Wilson that year, and his grandson drives for him now. And that, yeah. but you're you're piloting two cars, the late models, uh, Laird, the the sixty one, or in Ontario, the right now, the the, the orange sixty one and the, the late model. But you're also piloting the the, the mod twenty seven with a, a close family friend, uh, Bart Bart Jarrett. Can you talk a little bit about Bart coming up and letting you drive and? What the big difference is between the 27 uh, mod and the 61 uh, super late? Ah, uh, well, you know what? They're total, totally two different animals, completely all around. I mean, you got uh, you got 10 inch rims and 10 inch tires on one, and um, the other car is modified, I should say. And you have eight inch rims and eight inch tires, little treaded tires, so it's it's a big difference. They're a little bit lighter as well, but the horsepower is pretty equivalent. So when you jump from one car to the other, it's definitely a big, big difference. And it's been a huge learning curve for me in the last few years. Um, but as far as this year is Bart coming forward and uh, offering me the ride, it was kind of, uh, it was kind of a bit of a surprise to be honest. Um, he actually approached us and he approached my dad one night and he said, Dusty's going to drive this car this year. So uh, that's kind of how that came about. And he's, he's been with me for the last few years um you know over rough patches and uh good patches and he's believed in me and he believes i got what it takes to to wheel that thing so i try and do my best for him every week and keep in one piece every time i bring it home and and the thing is, is we for we're based in Sault Ste. marie and so are you and josh Ware is about an hour down to barbell michigan our next guest but it's something with the jared name and racing is you knew the car was going to be there um his son kyle has uh, moved out of town so trying for kyle to get behind the wheels quite hard. So Bart wants to be, like I say, behind the scenes, but also at the same time still have a car involved uh, on the track, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. I mean, no no other father wants nothing more than their than their son to be driving the car 100%. Uh, I know Kyle would love to be behind the wheel of that animal. He, he's been messaging me quite a bit this year and asking me how it is and that. And, uh, yeah, if it wasn't for Kyle being so busy out of town with work and other things that he just – he didn't have time this year, so Bart had to make a decision. He wanted to go racing. So, um, I, like, we've been family friends for a while now, and uh, I actually drove for Bart when I was 13 years old. I drove his uh, ABC car, it would be, I guess, 
we won the championship with it at Laird and uh, we won the Invitational at Kinross that year. So he, uh, ever since I was young, he's put faith in me and, um, you know, Kyle's always been good about it. He's always been awesome. He, I don't think he, uh, he gets any jealousy or anything like that because you know what, we both, we both drive our heart out in that thing and we have a blast in what we do. And something, even when you weren't driving for Bart, he was still helping you guys in the pits. Um, and when we all know, we all let's say father son. We all we all have relationships there. But how do you how do you handle father son relationship when it comes to I guess if dad's a crew chief for the sixty one or Bart's a crew chief. I don't mean crew chief, but how do you handle that relationship as you as a driver and dad dad in the pits helping out? Oh well, I think a lot of people uh, a lot of people know how that goes sometimes. Um, it, me and my dad have so much passion for this sport, and we always will. And um, when we know we have a car and we can do something with it and we, we believe we have a top three car, if we come off the track in sixth place, we're not happy. We're not necessarily screaming and yelling at each other, but we're just disappointed. We're not happy. Um, if we got a fifth place car and we come home, we finish third, we are, we're celebrating. Like that's just how it goes. And, uh, we keep, we usually know throughout the night, playing out the night, how, how it's kind of going to unfold, but you can never plan a race. So, um, and then a lot of times too, like, you know, if uh, we're at a, a local track and, um, you know, we put all on the line, maybe buy four new tires. We don't do that every week. We can't afford to. So when we do buy four new tires, my dad knows I'm going to have probably a good car. So he expects me to, to do well and not make any mistakes, if, if I should say it like that. But it, I should, it's not really pressure or anything on me. It's kind of been like that right from the start. And I loved every little bit of it. If it wasn't for him, challenging me to get a little bit better and learn teaching me and giving me advice and even telling me sometimes to go talk to people and get some tips on things like in the like you know what I mean if it wasn't for him I wouldn't be able to do what I do so I thank him so much for everything and and that's something I, I use I'm I'm, I'm, I'm do over doubled your age and and I know your mom's in the background there and for your people who don't know we all call your dad stick but it's something Again, your parents bend over backwards, no matter if it's in, in the motorhome traveling to uh, the snowball in, in uh, Florida or Jucasa in uh, southern Ontario. It's something it's still a family, um, a family sport and it's something not a lot of people, most of your age at 19, don't get to spend that much time with their parents doing something they love. Right. No, oh, that's right. That's right. We will have memories forever. If I don't want to wish this, but if I die tomorrow, I lived the life of a 50 year old almost. And in racing wise, I've raced at so many tracks, so many memories of my parents. It's, it's absolutely, absolutely unbelievable. Um, I know I'm very lucky to have the parents that I do. I mean, for example, the snowball, my parents would get me, my mom would leave Friday after school and head down to the snow or Thursday after school, head down to the snowball there. We'd fly there and my dad would leave on a Monday and he'd miss all week of work just so he can travel down there and have the car there because he couldn't fly. Right car to get there somehow and uh i mean any any father that does that and mother that does that for a kid is they truly believe in me and they uh they've given me something special and the students at school where he teaches probably don't complain that they miss a, they would don't miss them for a week either right <laughs> <laughs> i don't i know i don't know about that yeah maybe i would i wouldn't doubt it i'm sure get, i'm sure it's nice to get a break from uh from both of us once in a while exactly now at the age of uh 19 um I guess, if, do you call yourself a weekend warrior racer or still at 19, do you have hopes of eventually being able to race a little bit more 
full time during the summer if that's possible. Ah, uh, of course. I'd love to be racing every day if I could. That 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 would be the dream. But uh you gotta work and you gotta have money to be able to support your support your um your passion and uh if I wasn't working or going to school, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing and I had to figure that out quick and uh or it was gonna be short lived for me. And I've been doing everything I could to um keep doing this thing and even trying to raise more and more all the time and uh I, it's been working. It's been working out. It, it has been. And it sounds like uh, we're headed to Jucasa in a month from now. And I might be in a, in a big race. Um, I spoke to Donnie Varco there last week and he has a pretty wild opportunity for me, I believe. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. And it's something with Jucasa and yourself with 61 or the 27. Um, I know it's August 1st, but really, in Ontario, we, we could still have uh, August, September, October if you decide to go down towards Sunset or down to Southern Ontario. So if people were still looking to get their name on, on, on your car, how would they how would they do that? You can contact um, me on Facebook or my mom or Dustin Jackson Racing. Um, if anyone has Facebook, you got to get a hold of us on Facebook. If you know me personally, then you can come see me anytime. Um and we will work something out for sure. We, we want to promote businesses as much as we can. And everybody knows that you can't always go fast if you don't have some money behind you. So um, week in and week out, we do so much racing, spend so much money on just gas and tires and traveling alone that we, we won't, we, it's hard doing this every week. It, it, we'd like to race every single weekend, but you just have to take a week off once in a while until we get more sponsorships. Exactly. Now, now right, right now, I guess Laird and Kinross are, are your two home tracks being Laird and, and if people don't know in Northern Ontario, about half an hour east of uh, Sault Ste. Marie and Kinross about 15 miles down in, into Michigan. Um, what, uh, not that, not a, what track do you like better, but what, what difference do you find between the two? Um, I, you know what? I, I love Kinross. I always did because I, I raced there when I was seven years old and go-karts going around that track and, to be able to go through the ranks and go through the ropes and really feel that track out in every different angle and every different car is really something. Um, I love that track. I always did when I was younger because there's no walls there. Uh, walls used to intimidate me and I, I would hang it right out there cause it, you'd fly off the dirt if anything. So it's a good, it's a good learning track for, for anybody that's young and a little bit intimidated, but um, obviously one of my favorite tracks, Laird Raceway, that's my home track. And, uh, I think I got that track pretty figured out. The back stretch is real long and it's a rough track. I think it's getting rough and more rough and rough every year. But if you can drive that track and you can make your car work on that track, you can go anywhere and make it work good. And one of the last two questions is when it comes to the hot shoe and we know it's for cancer and great cause and what the Gray family do and all the volunteers and coming up to Kinross this year, what is it so about the hot shoe that you like and Again, we know the 10,024 is a huge incentive, but what's it, what is, what's the incentive and what, what's so exciting about the hot shoe? Um, well, you know, one thing it really it hits home for us is we, uh, with the f fundraising and everything and everything that it's about, uh, we, we really like supporting that event because we've had family members who have uh, lost their lives in battles of cancer. And we like to be there for, for stuff like that all the time. Um, that is one of the biggest races in America and for modifieds. And um, 
that we feel like we we are in the position to to be going there and trying to make the show. Um, there's no other race that really competes to that in modifieds around the area, and it's right at my one of my home tracks, like you say. So we don't want to miss it. That's that's for sure. And one question I always, or I guess there's two questions is. You, you and John Claussen are sitting at 206 when it comes to points at, at Ken Ross uh, on the top, and you guys claw back and forth, and I shouldn't say claw back and forth with Claussen, but still, for, <laughs> for those points, what's it going to take for you to uh, to get ahead of uh, uh, John in those points? Um, You know what? Biggest thing with points is just be consistent. Be consistent, and obviously, you gotta you got to be at the front all the time. Um, I believe John might have me now. I think he's probably boosted up and got me in a lead now. I, I believe so. I'm not sure. We'll have to see when the points get updated, but congrats to him. He won the feature on the weekend. Um, you know what? I just got to beat him. <laughs> That's how the points work. You see how they unfold at the end of the year. And I just got to try my ass off to beat him every race that I can and try and beat everybody. That's, that's, that's where it's at now. Like I'm, I'm a little bit more aggressive now that I get older and, um, the, the bigger races you go to and the more you race, you always want to, you're always competitive. So you always want to, you always want to do well, especially when I'm driving other people's cars. Now you said you had mentioned about Donnie Varka and the opportunity you have, and we were talking in the pits the other night, is that going to kill your hopes or your hopes for, uh, the championship that, that same weekend? If, if you do that with Donnie, it, it, it may, it may. And, uh, that's why I'm not really too getting too much into the points system this year, but, uh, I, if I got the opportunity to go down to Jukasa for that, I'm going. Uh, the, I, I don't like to give up a points championship opportunity like that, but you can't you can't give up an opportunity like that. I'm going for sure. So is, it, now, is that the Canadian down. Short Track Nationals? Short Track Nationals, yep. Yeah, so that's something, again, you just can't – the opportunities there, you just can't turn it down, right? Yeah, it's a 250-lap race this year, 75 grand to win, and there's some of the best of the best everywhere, so it's – Definitely something. Uh, I mean, I we we know we we might have to sell the house if we wanted a car for that. So, <laughs> for the and uh, to compete with the best of the best there. So, we're not planning on doing that anytime soon. So, if we can, uh, we're, we're going to try and take this advantage, an opportunity with Donnie, and we're going to run with it. We're gonna we're gonna go there, and I'm going to put on a show, and I'm going to do my absolute best and drive my ass off. And I always ask the drivers, you've talked about your parents, you talked about Bart, Bart, Jared a little bit. Who else would you like to thank when it comes to the support you get and to help you get the cars on the track every week? Uh, I got to thank, yeah, Bart, Jared, 100%. My mom and dad, 100% so much. I love them to death. My cousin, Tim Jackson, he is he's awesome. He puts so much effort into uh, Dustin Jackson Racing and promoting me and he does everything he he's always he's always on me about little things he's always been a great supporter when it comes to just mental stuff when it comes to preparing before i go on the track and always being by my side when you got your big cousin by you it feels good um also nick kozak nick kozak's been there since day one unfortunately he isn't with us over at kinross and on away but we'd love to have him there man is he ever an asset on the crew um, when we're at Laird Raceway, I think a large part of my success is having Nick there as well, too. Um, Nick and my dad work real well together. Nick, my dad, and Bart work real well together. And when you got those three behind you, if you can't do nothing with that, then you're you running out of talent. That's about it. Exactly. Dustin, I can't thank you enough for being a guest, but I don't want you to leave yet. I'm going to bring Josh Weir in, and uh, the three of us will talk for a minute, then we'll, we'll let you go after that.
Sounds good. There he is. How are you, Josh? Can you hear me at all? Yep. Yep. Okay. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. I've been listening for the last minutes. Well, first, let's see. We still have Dustin on, and you've been racing Dustin on for so long, probably since he's <laughs> been he's been racing. But Dustin, before I ask Josh, Dustin, what can you say about this gentleman sitting beside you here? This gentleman has helped me so much with being able to help me and my dad learn how to drive on treaded tires. That is one thing he has helped me done huge, big time. Um, well, I remember when I was 15 years old and we started racing, we went in the top speed modified tour and I had, we didn't make half the shows there that year that we went to. And when I met Josh Ware, we started going a little bit faster and um, my dad would listen to me, give imp, uh, feedback and Josh really knew how to give feedback because he does it all himself. So he knows what to do when he's got to get out and he's got to wrench on that car to make it a little bit faster. So I always listen to what people have to say. I mean, Josh Ware, there's tons of drivers out there, but Josh, for sure, when it comes to modified racing and late model racing, I used to watch him, Kinross Speed Park, race against George Wilson when my dad was wrenching on the car, and they went at it. And I remember George Wilson and Josh Ware were one of my idols, for sure. And uh, being able to race against them is huge. So I always looked up to him and learned from him. And he's he's been a huge part of my success in the last in the last four or five years, 100%. That's what I got to say about Josh Ware. Now, Josh, is that making you feel old? Oh, yeah. Christ, I remember Dustin ripping around the pits on a bicycle, popping wheelies and shit. <laughs> and, he's still, and he's still doing that now. <laughs> yeah, just in a race now. Exactly. Oh, I saw him on the bicycle yesterday. He's probably too lazy to walk, so that's why he rides a bike around the pits again now. <laughs> now oh, he, either that or ripping around the bomb truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like all up driving the truck off of Ken Ross on Saturday, I think. Then we did racing. Yeah, and, and and Josh, it's something you've been you've been probably racing against him for on and off over the last nine ten years. What's his, what's it about Dustin being that young and being so successful driver as he is as a nineteen year old? Oh, I wish I had what he had when I was that age, but. He, he's done great with what he's had and he didn't have the best to work with and they made work and they wheel. They're good wheelers. And at, at 19, again, being a, uh, I asked him like a weekend warrior or what if, if he races for Donnie Barco down, down in uh, Hagersville later in the summer, you put, I, I say it's the same, not because I'm talking to you, Josh or Dustin is we put you guys behind the wheel of any vehicle with four wheels and, you guys can make it work one way or another. Yeah, it's uh, there's a there's a knack for driving. There's some race car drivers out there, and then there's some guys that can drive some race cars. There's a difference, but oh, everyone deserves the chance, and you just gotta ride with everyone and see who's good and who's a little scary to be around, and you learn real quick. Exactly. Well, Dustin, uh, like you say, uh, I can't thank you enough for taking the time uh, out for doing this, and hopefully we can get you on camera at the hot shoe, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, Dustin. Sounds good, guys. See you thank later, you. guys. See you. Now, Josh, one, th one thing that Dustin just, just brought up, and it's something that I noticed quite a bit at the track is, um, and we've talked about it, is 
the one man show. How do you concentrate and prepare for races when a lot of people usually have two or three people that do help, like help other drivers? I know if you come in with a flat, someone's going to help you, of course. But how do you how do you concentrate of doing that of being a one man show? Um, being a one man show is I can work on my car and know what adjustments I need, and I don't have no one else to blame. But I'm not a one man show. I got some friends that do help me out. Um, Tyler Rye is always around helping and learning. And I got a buddy from your side of the crack, Steven. He's always by. He's a good help. And he's young and he's learning. And, you know, it is tough doing it by yourself, though. I I have no problems hooking up and hauling to Detroit, uh, Ohio, Indiana, Florida, all by myself. It's just the way I do it. And I know my car a little more, I guess, better that way. And I just do all my work at home before I go to the track. So I got a lot less to do at the track. And, and it's something also, and I, like I brought it up with Dustin, we all call, we all call his dad stick, but it's something a lot of, fa- a lot of father, son teams, if, if, if it's a younger driver or if it's not, it's good friends. Um, sometimes there can be a little bit of hostility in the trailers or when you come off for you, I say that one man show is if it's something not to blame, but, you don't have that hostility to a point if it is it's mentally up here not verbally right correct correct try to hold my passion inside myself for as much as i can or contain myself as much as i can and uh and that's something like this past weekend you're you're at laird and ken ross at laird you 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 qualified first came up third um Mm -hmm. in, in the feature and then uh the next day you in the heats uh you ended up uh seventh and the feature uh, seventh. Can you talk us, take us through a little bit about the uh, that day yesterday? I think we had a monsoon. We had a heat wave, a monsoon. Then we had a nice uh, evening. So can you take us through a little bit of the weekend? Sure. Uh, Laird qualified fast time. Um, only ran the feature. Started at the back. Ran. I don't know for a while and just started overdriving my car. Coming into the corner, made a wrong brake adjustment. I turned my brake bias probably more than I turned my steering wheel and just, uh, yeah, it was my own fault there and ended up spinning myself out and restarting it back again. But I, that's, you know, that's the nature of the beast. That's how you learn. Um, the, the car, it needs a little help sometimes. Sometimes I hurt it. Sometimes I help it, you know. Uh, the Kinross, though, Kinross uh, has been a track that I haven't raced at much over the last three, four years. Um, it's so close for me. I need to take advantage of it more. Just, you know, I, I, I'm a traveler and I love to travel. Um, Kinross would be my home track for sure. But the aspect of traveling has made me who I am and where I'm at now. Um, the Kinross races, the heat race, I the heat race I ended up winning. It was uh, started by points. I was low points guy. So when you start up front, is if you lose, it's your own fault. Um, feature, I had to start towards the back, work my way towards the front. Just some unfortunate calls, and I ended up pulling off because I had to go to the back of the pack anyway. So, but I have a good car for hot shoe, I do believe. Um, I found some stuff. I had some really bent stuff on my car after the feature at Kinross Saturday. I made a little wheel contact with uh, with a car early in the race. And for my car to be as good as it was the way I had it, I'm pretty happy with that. So, um, 
but yeah, back to the traveling aspect, I love to travel. And it's just all the different tracks that I go to has made me that much a little better, I think, in a race car and learning what to adjust for different applications. And if the car is doing this or the car is doing that, eh, you know, I just being a one man band, I know what to kind of adjust or what I like or what my car likes. So. And when I compare it to people who don't really follow racing, it's something, if it's hockey, soccer, football, when you play the teams in your league, you continuously play the same teams. It's the same as not against Laird, not against Ken Ross, not against Onaway or Amira. Um, but when you're driving against the same drivers all the time, you, you're, you get into a pattern. When you go down for you, lower Michigan, or like say once a year, you try to go to the snowball. When you face different competition, you change your driving and you're learning your learn your car a little bit more and what works and what doesn't, right? Yeah, for sure. That is a definite for sure. Uh, the different tracks, uh, being warm, being cold, different bankings, bigger, shorter, uh, just, yeah, different drivers, period. Not No two people are the same. If it was, the world would be a boring place. <laughs> and one thing is uh, in Michigan, people in the, in the racing um, circle, people know who Josh Weir is, but – when it comes to racing on four wheels or racing with a sled sled between your legs, which one, what's the difference and which one do you like more? Um, I love the car racing. It's definitely a lot safer. Don't get me wrong. I love the snowmobile racing too, but this says race. This says don't race. <laughs> I uh, just last couple of years racing sleds is a little harder on the body. A couple surgeries and just, uh, it was a rough time on sleds. Don't get me wrong. It's a blast. It is an adrenaline rush like no other. It's probably close to going to Winchester in a race car. So, I mean, when your adrenaline's pumping like that, it's an unbelievable feeling. And we can't say because you're wearing a helmet, but with 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 the snow machine, uh, it's like the wind in your hair, right? There's, there's no real body around you. Um, it's still a car. You still have the speed, but the snow machine, you're just – four corners on that ice and it's just uh, like a bat out of hell, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's not for the faint of heart. Let's put it that way. The, uh, the carbides you can shave your face with and the studs you can, oh, the studs are so damn sharp. It's unreal. Uh, when you're studding a track, you're usually bloody after you're done because the studs just, they ended up cutting you. And, you know, you got to kind of learn who to drive around in that sport too. There's some, there's some guys that you really trust yourself around and then there's some guys you really back off the throttle in and no, yeah, I don't go around that guy just yet. <laughs> it, totally understandable for somebody like myself who hasn't been behind again. I, uh, again, I drive, I think my wife thinks I'm say, I think she thinks I'm a race car driver when I'm driving. She doesn't like the way I drive, but can you explain the, the, the mindset a little bit? Like when it comes to a red flag, when you're out in the lead, um compared to the middle of the pack what's your mindset when you're waiting for that to uh to get the race going is it different when you're sitting up near the front compared to if you're farther in the back um i would have to say so yes i'd be lying if i didn't uh the being in the front yeah you're wondering who's right on your tail but then again you know you're that guy that controls the race being in the back you're trying to look ahead to see who who's ahead and how you got to get around them. You kind of plot it out from being a little further behind, but in both aspects, I'm after one thing and that's just check your flag at the end. 
And, and that's totally understandable. And when talking, we talked to Dustin and you're both doing the hot shoe 100 at, at Ken Ross uh, on the 9th and 10th uh, of uh, August in 2015, 2018, uh, you were, you were in the top 13 and in 15, you were at 11th eight, in 18, you were 13th. And then in 17, you ended up ninth. And then six, 2016, you ended up in the B main. So you sat middle of the pack in the, in the A main for three out of the four years. It's something is the competition so much stronger when it comes to the hot shoe compared to other races that you go to in the Midwest, I guess you say. Um, the competition's pretty, pretty stout wherever. Yeah, for sure. To hot shoe. There is, uh, some big guys that come to race the show and it's understandable. It's 10,000 bucks to win. It's probably the biggest asphalt modified race in the country that I know of. I mean, I go to the snowball and it's $7,000 less to win. So, and that's me traveling all the way to Florida where, you know, we, we get a couple guys from Florida to come North, but you would think there'd be a little more travelers for that kind of payout. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, there is some great drivers, uh, great friends. There'd be a lot of my friends coming up and I'm looking forward to it. It should be a great time. Yeah, it should be a great thing for Kinross Speed Park. Um, I mean, everyone, everyone should have a really good time with this race coming up. And that's, and I talk to drivers when it comes to ABCs or, or mods. Um, but when it comes to the mod drivers, because the, the, the 10,024 to win, but a lot of them say they're excited even to make that B main just because of the competition and the excitement just around the race. Because like you and Dustin both said, it, it's probably one of the biggest, one of the biggest races in North America for mods, but it is the biggest one, probably the biggest mid mod race in the Midwest, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. It is a, it is a honor to make the race. I've been fortunate enough. I've had fast time and I was super fast last year and made a bad call in qualifying and barely made the show. So, I mean, I got a fairly decent car this year. I just, I guess we'll see in two weeks how things play out. And I just got to keep on what I've been doing and keeping my car fast and keeping my head clean. Now, when it comes to, again, the kids with the bikes and the kids with the poker chips, um, as a driver, do you want to pull number one or do you like to be up near the mid mid pack or do you like to be up the front for starting in a race like that? Oh, in a race like that. Damn right. Number one, ever let everyone chase me. And worry about what's happening behind you. Now uh, worrying yes. about what's in front of you. You control that race when you're that number one guy, you control no. the restart, you control everything. Now a question I have, and some people ask me and I, I don't know, and I'm putting you on the spot in this one, but I know for Laird, for one and that, a lot of times you choose not to a lot of times do the dash or the heats. Is there a reasoning behind that? Um, honestly, my motor's got a ton of nights on it, and I'm trying to limp it through to get through Hot Shoe. I have my new motor, and it will be an after Hot Shoe. This is, uh, I've had a very, very, very good friendship with my new engine builder that I met about four or five years ago. He is an unbelievable guy, super, super smart. And his whole life, he's built drag motors and it's all been about power, power, power. And then he met me and then he found out what I liked in a race car. And we just, we've really jived good together. So I look forward to uh, many more years with him. I hope he's around for another 50 years. 
I don't know if he will be or not, but I'm kind of hoping he will be. He's a great guy, great friend. I mean, I just can't say enough about him. He's helped me tremendously. And one question, I, uh, we, we had talked about the adrenaline rush when it comes to snow machines or racing, but if you were to put the adrenaline aside, why, why get behind that wheel, uh, behind the wheel of the modified? Just competition factor. I've always been competitive in whatever I've done. Um, the snowmobile racing, I kind of hopped on a sled telling a couple of my friends that I could ride and they're like, really? Well, we'll try you out. Well, then two years later, they bought me my whole four brand new sleds all to myself. And it was a great time. I had, I made some good friends with it. I made some good enemies at it too. Um, it is, the sport is a very dangerous sport. It just, it got to the point where sometimes the tempers overtake the passion and it's not something you do in that sport. But the, you know, it's all in all, it's great time with great friends. And that's why I do it. Um, the racing aspect, the same thing. I mean, Bud Gray has been great to me. He started me back in a modified after my late model career, I guess, when late models used to run here. Uh, Bud was great. Buddy was just little, learning, growing up. And now Buddy's piling in Bud's car or Buddy's car. You know, and, it, you know, they're always tough and always great competition with them guys. Uh, just like everyone else is out there running right now. I mean, Ken Ross has got some strong cars and it's going to be a great race in two weeks. There's a yeah. lot of people that I think thought they were going to come here and do better than what they did. And, you know, it's just, it's a different track. It's a beautiful track, no walls, but it's a different track. I mean, it's, it's a little wider than most tracks and people use different lines. And it, like I said, it's just driving with different people that do different things. So, And then that's something you mentioned, again, go back. To, we just had Dustin on and I had uh, Buddy Buddy Jr., I guess, on a couple weeks ago. And we've been talking about the hot shoe. And it's not just the two of them, but there's a lot of younger drivers, I say, when it comes to racing doesn't say weekend warriors, but that's the term I use. But when they come up and again, buddy, buddy drives for a couple other cars also, but there's some young talent like those guys and that 19 to 21 to me and you are young still, sir, a lot of young talent to talent out there in the Midwest, isn't there? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's uh, from buddy and Dustin up to Travis and Chris Stearns, Nick Clemens. I mean, Nick to Lakota, there's just Jason Parrish, wherever I go, there's competition and there's great competition. And when those guys do their traveling, they mean business too. I mean, you don't, you try not to go to a track that you're, that you're traveling to, to go not do good. You're trying to do the best you can. And it, it's, I mean, you get there and sometimes things work out for you really good. And sometimes they don't. Sometimes you're scrambling your wheels, trying to make other things work out. Um, but yeah, there's going to be some real tough competition coming here. And it's just the nature of the beast. And I can't wait. I mean, it's just, that's what I love doing. I love, that's why I really switched to a modified just because wherever you go, there's usually 15 to 30 cars and the shows that I go to, I like to be able to qualify in. If you can't qualify in, then you sit and watch. That's how I learned real quick. You, you did better to make the show and made you a better race car driver period. And it's something I, I use age-wise where we're uh, near the same age. And it's something I keep on asking drivers why they're doing the hot shoe. 
and stuff like that. But you see, you see both ends of it when it, when it comes to, I know after you strap on that safety device and that helmet. Um, but on the other hand, what, what, what do you think the crowd can expect uh, when it comes to the hot shoe and the excitement? Oh, some unbelievable race and racing that they've never seen at Kinross Speed Park before ever. And, and it's something and Whittemore for the last five years has done an amazing job hosting the event. Um, it's just unfortunate that it outgrew Whittemore and, now with they have over almost 200 campsites booked for for Ken Ross. Uh, Bud Gray said yesterday it's looking 60 plus mods for for the for the the hot shoes. So it's it's something that's going to be an amazing event, and it's something if you're not a racing fan, it's worth coming out to see. But at the same time, it's it's one hell of a party when it comes to the campgrounds too, right? Yes, for sure, for sure. I have my camp spot. I believe eight months ago, almost six months ago, at least. So it's something to also um, bring my boy and stuff out and hang out with friends that I don't normally get to hang out with. Maybe a little bit at the racetrack, but not afterwards, you know, and it's something I'm definitely looking forward to. Kinross is going to be a great place for it because it's such a huge facility. Uh, it's on the local fairgrounds in Kinchelow, Michigan. It's, I mean, there's just countless things to do so close. You know, people... I got some friends from downstate and they're like, well, what can we do? You know, and I'm, there is so much stuff to do here. There really is. And nothing against Whittemore because Whittemore was a great venue also. But I think it's kind of cool that it got moved, especially home track, close, easy to go to and practice. Um, you know, fortunately for Kinross, it, I think it's going to help them out this year. They've already made a bunch of improvements and I hear there's more in the making. So that'll make, Kinross Speed Park, even a better place to go race. But the atmosphere at Kinross is a different atmosphere than anywhere else. If you've ever stayed for after parties or after racing parties and stuff, it's, it's some pretty good groups of people that are pretty close-knit. And, I mean, all in all, everyone's pretty good shit there. So. And talking off camera last night, if you bring your welder, what are you bringing this time? Pardon me? We're talking to you last night. If you if you need to bring your welder this time, what are you bringing this time? If I'm bringing my welder, yeah, I don't not understand. Four, not four sets of sunglasses. Oh yes, yes, the four sets of sunglasses from Alaska. Yeah, no, definitely welding shield for sure. Yeah, totally. I, there will be there will be some sort of welder there with me. If anyone needs welded, come look come look me up. It may only be a flux core, but I'll have something there. And your shield so that you can see you drive the next day, right? For sure. Now, to, uh, second last question. Dustin Jackson came up to your pits at the end of the night. with a, It was a trick-or-treat at the Halloween of the quarter mile. The trick-or-treat bag, should I ask what was in it, or was it just uh, him kissing ass? No, he had. there were some suckers in it. And actually, I think I handed them to Cole Parsons. I told Tyler that I sugared his, kids right, or his kid right up, and he <laughs> kind of got a so, and it's something you had mentioned a few guys who come out and help you, like Stephen Brando and a few guys like that. But who would you like to thank? I know there's a many names on your car, but last question: Who would you like to thank when it comes to uh, helping you put that car on the track every week? Um, for starters, my engine builder Jim Hanley, uh, Mickey Meyer who owns Mickey Sleds in Midland, Michigan, uh, Ron Stubbleton who owns Stubbs Trucking in Brimley. Uh, great friend. He comes to the snowball with me every year. Uh, we used to race vintage sleds together, me and his boy. Um, real good friend. My boss, Chris Pichet at Kaysner. 
Uh, my Uncle Bob at Ware Builders, uh, giving me all sorts of little side jobs, makes some extra money to do what I do. And then uh, Jim Dubois from Onaway, Michigan. He owns Willie D's Auto in Onaway. A uh, real good friend. He used to drive one of his cars for him. And he kind of told me I was a little too aggressive, which I can't see. But uh, I, my parents, my boy, my daughter, my girlfriend, I mean, they all stand behind me to do what I do. Uh, it's kind of tough sometimes with work, but the countless hours that I get home afterwards and everyone's asleep and then the work starts out in the garage. So, uh, my parents, yeah, my parents for always being there. Michael Darrell for being my number one fan, you know? And it's something going back again, not, your son comes when he can again, your son being a teenager now, not that he wants to hang out with dad all the time, but it's something I always bring up. Racing is a family sport. And when you have teenagers, sometimes it's hard. If they're not racing, it's hard to convince them to come to the track. But when they do, it's nice to, as a father, son to spend time, uh, at the track, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I actually had him racing at the age of seven in a go-kart and then he kind of got out of that and went and played some travel hockey for a Canadian, pretty reputable Canadian hockey team. And then, I mean, you know, you can't force kids to do what they don't want to do. And it's just something that it was, um, for his academics for school is something that we couldn't keep pursuing. Um, but you know, he, he loves coming out. He loves riding four wheelers. We go ice fishing all winter long. We ride snowmobiles. Uh, he doesn't have much interest in a race car, but he does like helping and learning. And I know he's starting to learn a lot because he's been coming out more and work helping me on the car more. So lots of questions, but try to give him every answer I can and try to teach him the right way, you know, or at least the way that I think he should be doing it anyways. And that's going back. It's just even spending the time, like Dustin said, at 19 to say he enjoys spending time with his parents. We don't get that from, and I have two boys, they're 25 and 21, and we did the same thing, but as they're getting older in their 20s, they, now they have girlfriends. But when you get to spend time with your kids, that's one thing we get to cherish, right? Oh, my God. Yes, for sure. Wish I could spend more. <laughs> <laughs> Now, will he be coming up to spend time with you uh, at the hot shoe? Oh, yes. He'll be there. Um, I got, hopefully, my engine builder. He's never, he's 73 years old, I believe, and he's never been across Mackinac Bridge, and I really hope he can make it. Uh, that's been one of the things I've been pounding on him about, and my boy loves hanging out with him, too. So, when I say Hanley, my boy instantly knows who I'm talking about. So. And it, going back, it, it's something about coming to the track and watching n not just the hot shoe, but when you get when you can park a camper or even a tent or uh, a minivan with a bed in the back or whatever, it's a totally different atmosphere when you get to spend time with other drivers and, and uh, crazy race fans, isn't it? Yeah, racing, racing family is uh, unique all on its own. It's, all, it's its own breed of people, that's for sure. It seems like no matter what's said and done at the end of the day, they're always they're right there to lend you a hand if you ever need one again anyway. So. And, and that's something uh, like the, my Revit Operation Show here is, is sponsored by Luca Miriano Distillery. And I was talking to the owner through social media the other day, and I said, are you going to be able to make it up for the hot shoe and, uh, with his bourbon and whiskey? And I said, it's something. Race fans, I said, you better bring a couple cases. I said, if you really want to get your product out in the Midwest, I said, 
these race fans will surely tell you what uh what your whiskey and uh, bourbon's all about if uh if you crack a few bottles of that because again when the when the when the cars are put back in the trailer you guys like to party oh yeah yeah there's no lack of that up here especially especially it seems like in the up of michigan or southern you know sault Ste. marie ontario everyone loves to it's a great atmosphere they all there's a lot of camping a lot of uh, mingling a lot of partying afterwards a lot of stories maybe sea stories maybe not but it's a good time and the biggest thing is after those cars and the trailers if there's politics or feuds it goes away and you just have a good time right oh yeah 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 you know you tempered up for a little while but eventually it goes away you know, it's just nature that's hot at the moment. Well, Josh, cool off later. <laughs> exactly. Well, Josh, I can't thank you enough for taking the time tonight, and hopefully we can get you on camera in, in two weeks at, at uh, in the pits uh, holding the checker flag uh, or in the pits talking about your race either way. Again, I know you want that 10,024 hold the big check, but uh, we'll, we'll talk then for sure. Sounds good, Jay. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night.